Hello, my beautiful people. How are you guys? Guys, this is Topsy Bronx. This is your host. I'm Topsy BX. Where do I start in my podcast? It's been a while, guys. I've taken this amazing mental health break. I'm adjusting my mic, so I hope that you guys don't hear like the negative effects to that. I am saging. I'm in my own element. I have my favorite squeaky chair that you guys know I love so much. If you guys want me to replace that, show some love and support. <laughs> oh, God, guys. I miss you guys. You guys can show me some love and support. I have to support uh button on here taken off because I do want to incorporate music into my podcast. Um, you know, I have a different vision and that does force me to remove the support button on my anchor in order for my bombers to go ahead and donate money to me. Um, in order for me to get obviously better equipment um as time goes by. Um, however, I do have a backup to that. You guys can go to Top CBX on Cash App, and that's the money sign, T O P S Y B X, and you guys can send me um, money through my Cash App to show support and love for my equipment, and to upgrade all the things that I need to be a, a better host to you guys, of course. Um, guys, how are you? I've missed you. I have so many things that I want to talk about. I'm desperately trying to keep <laughs> myself organized in regards to one topic at a time. And it's very, very difficult. I think that the day that I do different segments, um, it's going to be the day that I'm going to have a co-host and he or she's going to be like, I need you to be organized and I need us to, to stick to one topic. And I'm going to be like, you just do not appreciate the type of bipolar I have, but anywho, that's no here nor there, my beautiful people. Guys, I come from with a message, a message of freedom, a message of liberation, a message of struggle and triumph, a message of never giving up on oneself and how self-love, self-awareness, self-acceptance looks for me, right? What Wanting to hear what it is that it looks for you guys, how it looks for you guys. Also, you guys can follow me on TikTok. I did have my original page, which is Topsy, where do I start? I'm a cute little pink dress on there, but I was hacked. And I, for some reason, TikTok is just not really compliant. So they just are really bad at helping me get back into that account. So I do have Topsy BX1, the number one which is my new account on TikTok. Guys, go in there, you know, uh, subscribe to my channel, show me some love, um, send me messages, especially if you guys have questions or topics that you guys want to know about me, want to talk about, or just are curious um, and want my opinion on it. I'll be more than happy to assist you guys with that. So just send me DMs, send me messages. Uh, I love that. <clears throat> I love that with you guys. If you guys have... Or know anyone who has a, a 650 credit score or less, go to tbronx.com and that's T for top C Bronx, like the city.com. Um, I definitely want to give back to my black and Hispanics 
um, community um, more so because for so long, we just didn't really know how to value our credit and get to what we need to get to. So I help everyone, of course, however, I really do need my people to come together and let's get this going. Let's buy these homes. Let's get into these cars. Let's feel how good it generally feels to little by little get to where you need to, but because of your own efforts. Yeah, that part. Anyway. Um, Michael Williams, rest in peace. This world is just another, uh, just sadder because we lost uh, Michael Williams, which is a really, really sad. You know, he, he had this amazing... Uh, show on Vice Network, that's Michael Kenneth Williams, on the Vice Networks called The Black Market. Man, just amazing, just amazing. Um, he was on The Wire, um, just an amazing uh, human being, you know, born on November 22nd, 1966 in Brooklyn, New York. Unfortunately, he did die September the 6th, 2021. I'm still trying to like come together and come to grips with that. You know, Michael, in his new show that I absolutely was obsessed with, The Black Market, was really bringing awareness to so many things in our communities for people that can relate to the city life, right? Now, he was considered one of the finest American actors of his generation. Um, and it's just, that's just really sad. It's really sad. Um, they do say that the cause of death was acute combined drug intoxication, drug overdose. <sighs> what can I say? You know, I don't know. I haven't really looked too much into that. I just know that it's just, it's just really sad. Really, 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 really sad. And you're going to be dearly missed. And the recognition that you gave to us, to our neighborhoods was just, honestly, was really, really amazing um if i'm not mistaken uh four people are charged in the overdose of death uh the overdose death of michael k williams um and so there is an active investigation going on um i think the new york times um states michael williams was found on september the 6th after overdosing on heroin laced with fentanyl according to the medical examiner um a Brooklyn man was charged on Wednesday with selling a deadly dose of fentanyl-laced heroin to the actor Michael K. Williams, who was best known for his portrayal of the gay stick-up man Omar Little in the television series The Wire. The man was charged uh, was charged. Irving Cartagena and three others were accused of being part of a drug trafficking crew that continued to sell the drug even after knowing it had killed Mr. Williams. Operating in broad daylight amid apartment buildings in Brooklyn and Manhattan, according to a criminal complaint. The sale of the fatal dose of uh, to Mr. Williams in a hand-to-hand -hand transaction in Brooklyn's Williamsburg neighborhood on September the 5th, 2021, was captured on security video, the authority stated. This is a public health crisis. Um, guys, as we all know, this is. Um, I'm going to read all these quotes here real quick. Uh, this is a public health crisis. Damian Williams, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, said, in a statement announcing the charges and it has to stop deadly opioids like fentanyl and heroin don't care about who you are or what you've accomplished michael k williams who was 54 was found dead in his apartment on september the 6th 
And it was um, the medical examiner did rule that his death had been caused by acute intoxication by the combined effects of fentanyl um, and p-fluoral fentanyl heroin and cocaine. Ah, I, I just oh god, guys. I'll be honest. I didn't know up until this very moment that he had died due to uh, a fentanyl overdose, and so. Wow. It's very sad because coming with a history of bipolar disorder uh, and being so prominent in my mental health community, um, I can tell you that even in my family, there has been huge tragedies uh, with drug overdoses and mental health. I do consider myself to be very blessed and very lucky that I don't, I never had that complication to complicate my BP2. Um, people I've loved very dearly has passed away to accidental overdoses, fentanyl laced um, drugs. And it has really shaped the lives in, of our families uh, and not just mine, but so many people that I know. I had a friend who died who just made a year in November from her fentanyl overdose that she purchased from someone or someone sold to her, obviously. These individuals have never been caught. So to know that Michael K. Williams's perpetrators have been caught and are arrested, especially after continuing to sell the, you know, after continuing to sell this laced drugs knowing that it took lives or life um, that for me you guys are serial killers and you deserve everything that you get but that's just me to rest in peace oh my god world war three here we go russia ukraine president putin what is going on there or if i'm not mistaken i'm not really sure if there are that many troops here now on the border uh, but last I heard, we, uh, the Russians, not we, sorry. The Russians had over 15,000 of their troops at the Ukraine border. Uh, if I mean, I'm trying to see here really quickly, trying to see the latest updates so I can show you. So that's 22 hours ago. I see three hours ago, a report from the Guardian. Um, I'll do this quickly because I'm not, I I don't really know if these are more accurate. I've never I don't really take this stuff from the Guardian, but anyway. Uh, the Guardian says reports say troops and weapons are leaving their bases for four staging posts in Kursk and Voronezh. The military train lurched into the rail depot at Kursk on a recent afternoon carrying more snow-dusted main battle tanks, self-propelled artillery and other heavy weapons to within a few hours drive by car of the Ukrainian border. At the depot, the flatbed rail cars parked between heavy containers carrying chemical products, leaving them visible only from a small pedestrian footbridge overhead. There, military police with red armbands kept watch as locals looked on curiously at, at the latest arrivals in Russian's vans military buildup. God. Guys, the Russians are around the Ukraine border 
and what is thought to be what is going to literally be the next World War III. America hasn't, If I don't think, let me just talk, this is just a few days ago, so this is now a few days later, things change. I don't think that we're going to put our troops at the border. I'm not sure if we decided to do that or not. I know that we were um, providing the Ukraine people uh, weapons um, in order to be able to fight the Russians who have an army compared to what the Ukraine people have, right? And it's sad to just kind of read there that you have Ukraine residents just kind of looking over their border. These poor people are sitting feet miles away and are able to see the Russian troops. So they're the first people who are going to die. If you can see the Russian troops at the border, I would think that you're the first people to go. It's sad, right? Because so many people, I'm sure, like myself, that want to save the world and make it better. And we can't. We, I just realized we can't. We just, I didn't just realize that, but we can't. And a lot of people say, why? Why would God allow these things? I never thought this was the, this, I don't think this was, this is something of God. This is, this heaven and this hell. This God and this, and this, the devil. This is definitely, in my opinion, the devil's the devil's playground. It has been for a very long time. We can't stop things that we can that are out of our control. The world is built for power. I mean, we want this power being pulled at all corners. Turning less safe in America as the years and months go by. You know, knowing that it just us helping the Ukraine puts us at risk. Knowing that if we don't help the Ukraine, so many of their people are going to die. It's just sad. It really, um, it's really sad. And my hearts and my prayers go out to the Ukraine people. My hearts and my prayers go out to the Russians as well in the hopes that something changes and they just decide that we're good. It's, it's just... We can talk this out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that it's just really sad. I did mention the death anniversaries of my cousin, Cassandra Rodriguez. I love you. Rest in peace, my queen. I realized I was not really having such a good week during that week that um yeah anniversary was coming up. I definitely was not even on Facebook. I was just kind of not even wanting to see updates or anything like that. It's just really sad. So your sister's beautiful post about you. And it's just a beautiful thing knowing that people can see and acknowledge that one can suffer here on the physical earth so much so that in your religion and your belief is that there's a heaven, there's another life past here to know that we can generally fall into that comfort and knowing that you're living such a better life. Like you're not suffering anymore. You know, for many people, bipolar disorder, it's it's very extremely painful and it's much more complicating when you uh, mix substance abuse with that, you know? It's when you mix substance abuse with that that makes it so much more dangerous. And it's just, 
it's just really, um, it's just, it's just sad because it's just not really much, you know, there's not much help with all the things that have happened. There's just really not much help for people, um, for people like this. Um, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration is a group that people can go to. Their mission is to reduce the impact of substance abuse and mental illness in America's communities. Um, So I would visit www.samhsa.gov and see, you know, what they can do for you. Um, You'll be surprised that it doesn't, it's not prejudiced in any way. Um, You could come from great money or no money and great family, horrible family. And mental health doesn't, it's not racist. It doesn't pick you based on your classification or mm -mm, it just what it is, you know, it's just what it is. And it's really sad. According to reports published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, roughly 50% of individuals with severe mental disorders are affected by substance abuse. 37% of alcohol abusers and 53% of drug abusers also have at least one serious mental illness. Just think about that. Dual diagnosis, substance abuse, and mental health. That's a tough one. Because what happens is that these individuals do not want to deal with whatever it is that's making them depressed or angry or whatever it is. So they, it's easier to depend on that substance, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs. And it's it creates something much more worse because now you're craving and your body's technically needing this drug in order to just be able to sustain through the day, to be able to make it through their day. Nowadays, you have fentanyl, right? That it takes like a less, less of a, literally less of a little grain of that, of a, the top of a nail, like a fingernail, and it could knock a horse out and murder them. And then we're putting, people are putting this in people's heroin and stuff like that. And what they're saying is it doesn't matter. Your life doesn't matter because I mean, you're here getting this. That's just someone's lowest point. Right, that's just a low point. If we can create that many re- more rehabs, actual rehabs that don't make people feel like crackheads, that don't make them feel like heroin addicts, that don't make them feel like they're less than, you know, just like a doctor's office, making them feel like you came to the right place. You you're here for the right reasons. Are we going to start helping society? Or are we going to just continue to criticize people and judge people and throw them out as trash or? Do enough people from upper class have to be the ones dying in order for there to actually be an eye opening in America and say, oh, my God, we got to really do something about this. Everyone matters. Every life matters, guys. Okay. All right. Moving on from there. Happy birthdays to those friends and families that I had from January and February. Happy, happy birthday. I had plenty. My brother, well, he was December 31st. He still counts. Um, My sister was the 12th of January. Um, an old family friend was the 5th of February. Um, my niece was the thing, the 25th or something on that January. So there's a lot of different birthdays. I want to make sure that I represent everyone well and just show love whether or not I mention names or not. Oh, months ago. Oh, I think it was like 
a month and a half ago. My phone messed up. I probably dropped it one last time. Phone creep. But everything, I would notice that I could still receive calls. There was probably people I was able to text. I didn't even notice someone responded to me. Like, what are you texting me? Apparently, my, some people were receiving text messages in the form of Ebonics. Um, um, I try my best to communicate to some people. Um, hey, phone's not great. Um, however, if you call me, um, I can see part of your name and I can pick up and see if it works. I think because of my past and when I fell into a crisis, the first response was to kind of not deal with people. And so now it seemed when my phone actually messed up, there was a pattern and, you know, I was just trying to, there's people trying to close to me and trying to be there for me. I was pushing away from them. And that really just wasn't the case. Um, I feel that that was a test that I was going through, you know, work wasn't good. I was assaulted at work and so many things were kind of piling up on top of another. Um, and I, my outlet to talk to someone was removed when those things happened. Um, so I had to now, I was finding myself in a position where, okay, you cannot allow depression to sneak back in. Um, God placed you in this position, take control. And I did. Um, a couple of things went on. Um, but let's just wrap this all up. If you want more information about that, go to my YouTube, Top CBX, where do I start? Um, I did a little 30-minute video today kind of discussing that in more detail. Um, I kind of decided I deserve better than being in a, in a place where legally uh, women are not protected, where we are allowed to be harassed and physically harassed. Um, even if you do it the right way and you go up the ladder, um, yeah you know, the way they treated their customers, they were everything that we talked about. Once I started, I started to realize that we were definitely all about pressuring people. We were trying to manipulate people. When we are paid technically on commission, you have an hourly base. However, you still get paid per car, 50 to $75 a pop. And then if they take uh, products, it's more money. So it's absolutely commission-based um, with a base pay. A base pay that literally you cannot feed a dog off of. So it was really, you know, in the competition because I became number one in such a short amount of time, highest reviews, highest selling on the cars, it became an extreme hostile environment. So it went from me being just kind and nice to everybody from not it being, not being responded to or it being reciprocated back in kindness. However, it was more physical response. It was more an aggression. Um, these men were little chicks, um, acting like little babies, for lack of a better word, um, and getting physical and getting aggressive, um, just really disrespectful. And you wonder why they were miserable in their relationships. And you wonder why someone have an identity crisis issues and no one else but myself can actually see that. Just so many different things, you know. It just wasn't a place for me. I don't like mistreating people. I don't like being in that environment. So I decided... I was going to leave it to God. And boy, after I got a little bit sick, you know, I got through my recovery. Let's just say that the graces of God has blessed me beyond what I expected. And as funny as it is, no surprise there, because everything I've asked of God, he has granted to me in a moment where I am alone in my celibacy with him. So once I placed myself in one with my God, and did not allow any outside... um influences to seep in without through a relationship through you know some 
one that I'm having, enjoying their time with nothing, no dating, no nothing, just completely remove myself from the dating scene, not available to nobody. Um, you know, obviously I quit cigarettes. I gained a lot of weight. I mean, from COVID to now I gained 40 pounds. So I'm in my journey to 40, you know, I'm in the gym now. I don't always have time, but I am definitely in the gym. Excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. And I'm trying to get back to where Topsy Bronx is happy and she's making a difference and she's happy with herself. She's happy internally and outwardly. Um, and really making this huge impact on my children for the negative. You know, after all these years of being a great mom, last few years, uh, BP kind of took its ugly face. And I feel like that's really all that we can remember is mommy being sick, mommy almost dying, mommy, you know, us not knowing if mommy is okay today or not today. And, you know, looking around and their father not being there. I mean, yet again, however, like literally just not around, like out of the States, calls once in a blue, doesn't pay his child support the way he's supposed to. M month or two could go by, he doesn't pay it. Like it went from almost not having a dad to just, he's almost non-existent. Um, them dealing with the step, old stepmom not allowing them to see the children. Um, no communication with their step, with their little brother. Um, the father not making any efforts for that. The stepmom, if she was an evil, wicked stepmom when they were together, I mean, of course I knew that the kids were not going to see the little brother anymore because now she has full control and he can't even force her. If he barely was able to bring his own son to see their siblings when they were together. I already knew it was completely non-existent. This lady has had birthday parties for the children, for their brother. She has not one time reached out and invited my children to a birthday party. Not once. There is nothing in Stephanie's mind where she wants to actually bring the children together. She never did. She was a disgusting garbage piece of can then. And she still is to this day. I try to gain respect for this little girl. However, it's really difficult when you have a woman bullying children. She don't mess with you. She know better than to mess with you. However, it, it's it's just really, really sad. Really, really sad. Um, I'm glad that we're in a place where those things don't really affect us as much. But it's things that we have grown from and it's made us better. Um, but it doesn't mean the kids don't deal with those emotions. And I still, you know, they're still in therapy. Um, there's uh, not all my kids are in therapy anymore. Um, they commence therapy when they look at me and say, hey, mom, I think I got to talk to a therapist, you know. So, you know, one of my kids is ongoing therapy because it's what they need. With the other two, it's on and off. It's when it's needed. Um, so we've learned the balance of what it's needed, when it's needed and making sure that we react when we need to react and we don't let things fester. Um, we don't let the children sit in their pain. You allow those kids, those time to grieve, the time to be sad. And then you got to immediately find the positive in it. You have to immediately show them that there's a lesson to be learned, but it's not for them to be bitter because it isn't their battle to fight. 
it is for those individual adults to have to deal with. You know, I heard she's a so-called police officer. It's just, you know, I heard she created, she has a whole Instagram where she changed her name so that, so no one can actually find her. That's how callous and manipulative and ugly she really is inside and out that she has done everything in her power to stay away from her very son's siblings. Um, my daughter's of age. We've never communicated because he never allowed it. And when we did, it was complete, com it was complete conflict. Obviously she abused my children. She's yelled at them. She's cursed at them. So obviously as a parent, there's conflict there as a mom. And obviously it was his responsibility because he allowed those things. He encouraged those things. And she, as a little girl, took it to a whole other level. Um, she's only apologized to me once. That was the very first time she kicked my children out. About 24 hours later, she realized she made a mistake. Um, but she couldn't take back all the things that she stated and said. And she knew it was too late. I mean, even a judge ruled that she was not allowed to discipline my children. That's how disgusting she is with the children. Um, I do wish them best. I, I wish her happiness and her new journey with her kids. And I do believe that God is going to bring the children together one day. And her children know that they always have a place in my, all her three kids know that they always have a place in my home. They're always accepted. Um, and I always thought they were wonderful children and they were always welcome in my home. Unfortunately, um, it just wasn't allowed. Um, but when they turn 18, you know, we, they can have that relationship with my children. I would never stand in that way. I wish that they can start the earlier, the better, but just know that I would never stand in your way of a relationship, guys. You guys are siblings and have the same father. And I know for the girls, it's their stepfather, but you guys are still bonded as one. So one day, guys, one day you guys will be able to, to be one. All right, cutting for a break. for that brief little commercial break if the commercial break actually came through sometimes it'll be blank but it was supposed to be a commercial break so just in case just in case all right guys so basically it's a kind of piggyback from my from before the commercial break um you know love your kids and if your stepmother or stepfather walking into a situation where there's children that exist, love those children. Guys, love those children. Become that blended family. You know, be one. Be one. Embrace them. Teach them. Grow with them. Be a blended family. Add to what they have or give them what they never had. But don't compete with the children. Mind me, I'm just trying to adjust my mic here. Don't compete with the children. That's ugly. Love the children. They're our next generation. And, and, and we are responsible for their mental health. I messed my kids up. Listen. But I made them great too. <laughs> right? 
I messed him up because there was a time that I wasn't this great mom. But I know better now. And then they're not great always because I'm not a hundred, but I, every day I don't give up. Every day I get up and I try better, you know? I try to educate my kids on what mental health disorders are, on how they look like, what symptoms are, what to do, what not to do, how to be able to handle a situation that they feel is out of their control, right? We gotta raise our kids to be better than what we were. You know, I'm sure that my kid's stepmother clearly didn't have the best life. And, and that's a reflection of who she is now. You know, a little narcissist, you know, a little self-indulged person. It's all about her and what she wants. You know, despite the tragic things that she does to people's children, you know. Anyway, it's enough about that. Guys, don't walk into a situation with people with kids if you cannot handle it. Yes, there is a responsibility. There's a responsibility. You guys want men and women to see you where you're at, but yet you want to come into a situation with people with children and expect to do nothing because the parents are supposed to have it. No, you have to come in willing to be a part of the situation and add to it for the better, not to sit there and just be there. Don't you want the individual to add to your life to make you better? It goes both ways. You should be walking into a situation with a woman or a man who's already got a down pack, who always has their situation handled. And therefore, you're there to add to the situation. Not to add for the negative, but to add for the better, to make it better. If not, stay alone. Or find someone who doesn't have kids. And y'all say, oh, it's impossible. No, it's not. It's impossible. So because you think it's impossible, we're going to do it your way? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Grow up. Learn to love yourself. Learn to figure out what's wrong with you. What makes you unhappy? So when you're with someone else, your negativity, your negative aura, your ugly doesn't try to rub off on people. Misery loves company, but nobody wants to be around you. So keep it to yourself, for real. All right, that's a wrap for the one. Let me see. Oh, oh. So my youngest two opened up their first bank accounts, okay? And we have a, uh, now I drive for Uber. Um, this is my second business that I got going on besides my tbronx.com. Um, and it's so much fun. We are actually thinking of doing like Uber Eats confessionals. Like it's, we have so much fun doing the business together. We learn so much. We laugh a lot. There's times that we'd be like, what are they ordering? What the heck is this? Um, it's just fun, guys. It's 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 fun. It's a, a good way to teach my son and my daughter, uh, you know, business, teaching them how to budget their money that they make on the business, teaching them what taxes are. And though I don't take out taxes when I pay them. However, I do talk about taxes so they have a better understanding when it is their turn to actually get FICA, Medicare taken out that they know who those people are touching their bill, their, their, their gross income, you know, their net pay. Um, and kind of teaching them things now, you know, right? So they don't have negative habits as they grow up. And we build a bond together. So teaching him how to have a business, I guess the third podcast and blogging is my first. Um, I'm just so proud of my kids, guys. We're at a different level. I'm, I'm proud of my kids and I'm proud of who they're becoming, you know, 
you know, my daughter is entering college soon and about to graduate high school. I'm just like, I'm in a different place in my life and it's emotional and it's happy and it's up and down in regards of emotion because I'm going to be an empty nester in the next few years. Like I'm counting, I'm counting because I, there's no more babies coming out of me. You know, guys, I'm living in my celibacy. I'm in a happy place. I really just am in a place where I don't want or need a man. I just don't. Um, I like the things that I need, God has given them to me. The challenges that I've overcome, I've overcome them along with my children. Even when I attempted to share those moments of my life in order to grow and get businesses and be better and get to the next level. Um, every individual that I've had those long-term relationships had just come short. Uh, it's either leeching off of me, using me, living off of me, um, wanting to try to move into my space without providing anything, without trying to provide as a family, watching me struggle, pulling me, putting me in a direct place of struggle, uh, jeopardizing my careers, I realized that, what am I, wait, all of this because I'm alone? Because I'm lonely? Because I want sex? Because I want to feel like a human? I can feel all those things without having to feel, feel that need for sex. And I know it's weird coming from a hypersexual individual. I've prayed myself into this peace where my hypersexuality is not really affecting me anymore. It's not painful as it was before. I actually have grown to overcome those urges. I'm in a really happy, good place. Like I'm so proud of myself. I, I, I'm just really proud of myself, guys. It's, it's something that I cannot even explain. Um, I really can't. I'm proud of the woman that I'm becoming and, you know, I know that I can't make up all my mistakes by the time I pass away, you know, but I hope that I make my kids proud and I hope that my future husband is going to appreciate the fact that I decided that in order for me to give 100% of myself to him and him to me, I have to come from it. So whatever I expect from my future husband, I have to be willing to go through it, right? It's happy house, happy spouse, not happy wife, happy life. Get that out your minds, guys. We are not in the barbaric times. This is not what it is, right? I want to be treated with respect. We got to give respect. And I have a son and I'll be damned if someone tells me that my son's emotions and thoughts and opinions don't count. So in, in knowing that I have to understand that my future husband has thoughts and opinions and feelings that I have to respect in the same sense, I expect him to respect mine. And my assertiveness and my strength would not intimidate the right individual. Uh, would not intimidate the right individual. I've lived long enough, dealt with enough stuff to know that that is worth the wait. That is worth, and the right man is going to be like, wow, I'm special because she waited for me. And I know I'm going to be like, wow, I'm special because he waited for me. And knowing all the things I've been through, this has been the most effortless decision to feel fulfilled. This is definitely one of the times that I feel like I am living my best life. Um. I don't want to be like my ex. 
And I don't mean the my ex of seven years. I mean like the one that I rebounded from, right? This episode, I'm thinking of calling it rebounding or bounding, right? Bounding. I didn't even know I walked into a, a rebound. I remember saying that I was making sure that he wasn't in a rebound. I started to realize this kid's patterns. This poor guy, because honestly, it really is what it is. It's this poor guy. I didn't even realize by the time I got with him. I was like the third girlfriend in the 365 days from that point that I met him. In a year, he's had three girlfriends or, yeah, three girlfriends because he was, once again, you know, posted it on Facebook. Had no embarrassment to the point. He's so narcissistic. He doesn't even realize he has an actual pattern. I genuinely believe I opened up his eyes to the possible pattern because there was an acknowledgement of it one time. And, you know, he acknowledged like, you know, I I have noticed and I wondered why this and why that. And so I think I have put him in a place where he was able to acknowledge that maybe something he had to be going through or internally dealing with. And we recognize what those things were. We directly recognize, you know, that it was how he felt growing up and how he didn't feel seen and rejected growing up. Um, and I get those things because I've been there, done that. You know, I, I I felt the same way. We 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 had that in common. However, I felt that my need for success and my hunger to be a warrior versus a victim was much stronger than him. He was more comfortable in being a victim and um, being seen and liked and accepted versus doing what was true to him and what made him actually happy. It was more about what he had, right? So if you if you could buy the best clothes, even if it was bootleg, if he could buy, you know, if he could look the part, if he could look like he's doing good, then no one can really see that he is hurting inside and that he is stuck in a childhood mentality because he has this real huge issue with rejection and he needs attention. And I had overcome that in my life where I understand that it was me and only me who was responsible for that love, right? If I didn't love myself, accepted myself and learned that what I wanted and needed and loved mattered, then I was going to live my life for everyone else. So he's this guy that's living life for everyone else. So he was exactly what I wanted him to be and needed him to be. I wanted him to be a podcaster. I mean, this is what I was. I, you know, wrote, I, I was a writer, I was a podcaster, blogs, you know, and this is what he supposedly was. This is what he wanted to do. And so we bonded off of the things that he supposedly wanted to do and supposedly who he was. And it was all a facade. None of it was him. You know, he opened up his <clears throat> podcast because of me motivating him because um, it's what he wanted to do. Um but he was embarrassed to speak up about certain things. So when you're not in a level where you're able to speak freely about your past and your secrets and the things that hinder you or enslave you, um, you're you're not going to be free. You're still a representative for the world. You're still you're still acting how others expect you to act, how you think the world expects you to be. Um, which means you're denying your true self, your real happiness. Which means you're going to deny that in your next relationship. Which means you're going to make that other individual miserable. Because you want them to make you feel better. I mean, this post that I can literally post on here, um, an upload files, what I can show you where, you know, he 
in he intentionally tried to hurt someone. Um, you know, I mean, there was a post where he wrote one time, hey, if someone wants to take their own life, then it's theirs to take. Who are we to tell them? And he had a girlfriend that was bipolar. And that was what he posted after an argument with me. That's very sick. That's mentally, obviously not right. I took a screenshot of it because I always wanted to remember this is who he really was. Someone that actually encouraged me to take my life in a relapse. So he was ready. He showed me how dangerous he was. And I said, wow, this is up. If this is uplifting, what is him putting me down? You know, it was, it was just dangerous. And what I was very blessed was that I got him into therapy. You know, he was talking to somebody and then he stopped. So when we broke up and we got back together, it was another premise that he was actually in therapy currently as we spoke. And once again, um, he was showing me who I wanted to see and telling me the things I wanted to hear. And he did go to therapy because his verbiage had changed. And then I noticed when this verbiage stopped and it sounded exactly the same. And that's when I knew he stopped therapy. Which means that our relationship had to end because we got back together because, directly because he was getting help for his issues in the same way that I was. Because I'm in therapy. Therapy is so important in order to be able to think logically and realistically, especially with a mental disorder. Um, and so I had to walk away. There was no third chances. There was there were done. You know, he was a cheater. He was a manipulator. He was a liar. And he was an attention seeker. Within less than two weeks from being with me and proposing and engaged supposedly with me, he found his next victim, which I have screenshots of the same poor girl that he laughed at and talked about with me. He actually told me that this girl was trying to talk to him when me and him were broken up. And that he considered to talk to her because he was bored. He didn't like her tone and her assertiveness and how she immaturely overreacted when he couldn't see her. And he said, well, that's a red flag. So if she wasn't okay with me and understand that I had other plans, she wasn't the type of girl I wanted to mess with. I could have sex with her, but she was ugly anyway. And I quote, guys, as sad as it is, this guy, my ex, I dated for six months on and off. Got with the same girl who, in his opinion, has no self-esteem, is clearly insecure, and I quote as his words, he got with the girl that was going to give him the most attention at the time that he needed it the most. He didn't just get with her. They got into a relationship. I feel sad for her. I feel sad for him. That was the fourth girl in a year. Guys, I was the third. Upon my investigation, I realized that there was another girl in between. Then he went away with another female. This guy has unprotected sex. If you're giving him attention, this is his home. And then I realized, Topsy, 
you just discovered that you are attracting narcissist mentalities, personalities. You're attracted men and women that are extremely attracted to your assertiveness, your strength, that empath in you that you can make them feel good when they're when they're feeling this void. You're attracting people that feed off your power and then will suck you like a concubus, succubus, literally. And I said, thank God, Lord, because I see clearly now. I wasn't in love with him. And I mean, he knows that because I told him, you know, it's like every time I would be happy, I was in this happiness, he would do something that would make you question it. Like when he insisted on going with my daughter and me to um, this Comic-Con thing, but it was like the little version of it, Megacon, I think it was. And it was supposed to be a date with me and my daughter. And there was an argument behind that. But because my daughter wanted him to go, I have receipts for that too. I can actually show you why I tell him, say, hey, my daughter wants you to go, so I'm gonna let you go. Cause I don't want to disappoint her. But this wasn't about you. This is about me and my daughter. I noticed that, we, that six weeks ago by him trying to come every weekend. And the minute I was like, I need this, I need a month of break. I, I can't have you these next two weekends. I need to write. I have to be with my kids. That was when his ugly head would turn. The three times we got into big art, the, the two times we broke up and the times that he cheated, it was because I said, I need time with my kids. I feel overwhelmed. I seen you every weekend that has come. I'm not used to this. I need time with my family. So the minute I set boundaries, he didn't know how to act. He went out and cheated. He um, was treated me, started to get assertive, raised his voice, um, question as to why, you know, he was just trying to help me. It was just really, uh, it's scary. It was, it was very manipulative, very controlling, in my, in my opinion, at least. And so I remember September 26th, 27th, I said, enough is enough. I'm done. You cost me my job. You've you've done too much. Your instability has made my stability unstable and it's now affecting my kids' stability and security. And you're not even mad enough to make sure that what I fall short because of your destruction that you got my back. You complain to get another job, but I'm working two or three. That you want to work one and come down and visit me on the weekends to sit in my sofa and put your feet up on my diner, on the ottoman, put beers on the counter, not clean the dishes, not mow the lawn willingly, be told to do it, did it one time voluntarily. He was another kid, guys. My son was more mature than him and his put together any day of the week. He allowed his son to curse while speaking to me. He admitted that he wasn't proud of the way his child acted, his children acted, 
But when he met me, he told me that he taught his children to bully other people before they were bullied. He taught his children, get them before they get you. Guys, he was raising bullies. He was okay with creating another carbon copy of himself. He said, that's how I got through life and I don't want them to be victims as well. Wow. And I dated that. So then I had a question myself, what about me thought that this was positive? I really had a feeling that I could do something different with this individual who had potential. I'm not here to raise your potential, honey. I'm not here to even bring out your potential, honey. I'm here to be the potential. I'm here to see your potential come and flourish. I'm here to walk in and see what you're made of. If you're not ready to take and to take and receive, to give and receive, just take, we can't even be friends. I have a friend that was interested in me that on many occasions I said, you know, I don't know much about you yet. We've argued because you've used the word, am I expecting too much of you? Even though you don't even talk to me about your life, either than what we already know and the business that I bring up, we're not learning anything from each other. So is it just a sexual tension here? I want to know more. I've literally, if I tell a guy that supposedly likes me, I would love to know more about you. There's something about you. I think we have a great connection. Let's learn more about each other. And he doesn't pull the effort forward to actually get to meet, make sure that I get to know him in the way that he just knows so much about me. If you have friends or people in your life that just take your positivity to make themselves feel better and leave nothing for you on the table, get rid of them. I don't care if these people have been in your life for 20 years, cut them off. It is time for a new cycle, a new set of friends, a new set of influencers. It's just not for you guys. People that try to so-called help you but are still in the same place. They're not helping you. They're in the same place you don't want to be in. So be the example yourself that you want to be for you. And with the hopes other people will see that and would want to be even better than you and they don't want to compete. They want to get, they want to pick your brain to see what it is that you do or how you do it and make it their own. Let me feed up that tenacity. Let me feed up that positivity. Let me give it back to you. Let me not just take from you and leave you so drained that you can't even function. Let me not take you away from what makes me love that smile. Go spend time with those kids and bring back to me what you learned. What can you teach me today? How can this friendship make us better? How can me falling in love with you make my life? How can I see that you would be something for me, for my kids and my son and my daughters? Show me what you got. Don't just let me show out. Don't just let me give you all of me. Because I'm no longer interested in being loyal to everyone. I, I, I don't. 
You're not going to hear me no longer say, just give respect in order to earn. You got to give your basic respect. But for the continuation of that, you need to give it in order to earn it. You get the basics. You get the basics. Everything else is first. It's earned. What you want is what you have to give of yourself in order to receive. And when you don't receive that, you need to pull back. Pull back. Learn to love yourself. Why are so many people afraid of being alone? Do you know how good it is to take a freaking nap and not wake up single because you took a nap? Not waking a blot or being questioned? Days going by, you don't have to talk to people and you don't have to worry about the anxiety or having to talk to somebody because you just didn't have enough time for them or them not understanding that they're not breathing life into you. Therefore, you have no reason for that conversation. If they can walk away from there still saying, well, then you know what? You're lost. Knowing that you tried in that friendship then it's definitely their loss, but you don't have to remind them of that. Let them continue to think that it's your loss. Let them go be great to someone else and then eventually realize, wow, I guess I didn't have a connection because I don't treat this person like this. I'm giving this person what this person asked me for, which means you guys just weren't connected the way you thought it was. And that's okay. That's okay. There's someone for everyone. You know how many th times I thought I fell in love? How many times I thought this person was the one? And clearly... It wasn't. And yes, I'm disappointed, but it doesn't matter. I had a friend the other day, you know, never asked me about my new job. Never asked me how my interviews went. Never once said, how did your interview go? How did your, how did, how did it go? Did you like? BX. Hope you heard that commercial. If it didn't, it was a nice moment of silence. Um, so like I was saying before, you know, I had to decide. I poured my heart out in, in a very positive uh, manner. And I said, not even as a friend, it's this individual really, because he's not really showing the interest. Um, in regards to even my level of expectation as a friend. I think friendships are give and take, like any type of relationships. You give and you take, you give and you take. And to be honest with you, there was a time where this individual actually helped me on in a financial situation. I was so grateful, my God. And I told him um, that, and that's it. That's it, you don't continue. I don't I don't have to hold that and be forever. Oh my God, like I'm grateful I expressed it. And, you know, I returned a favor once when he was sick and that situation got us into an argument. And that was, you know, and I was there as a friend, but not the way he expected me to be there. Um, and I touched base with him the entire time, right to the hospital, you know, coming back and 
did what I did, you know, sent him food at his house when he was home and it wasn't enough. And again, my remember guys, my schedule is so busy. I have so many things going on. And the little time I provided this individual, it just wasn't even enough. And this person doesn't even talk to me about his own life, his personal life, his upbringing, nothing. He doesn't share any of those moments, but expected so much out of me. Um, and I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And I'm sad because there was a, some type of a connection there, but it wasn't a 100% connection. Um, and so it's sad, but you know, I just don't feel the need to be at the same level with this person anymore because I don't feel that the level was made with me 100%. So I'm going to stick to, I'm going to meet people where they're at. And, and that's it. I, I got to stick to that. And no one can be an exception to the rule of my kids. I'm going to meet you where you are. And I expect that of my kids. So yeah, that part, <laughs> you know? So this is why my kids are who they are. This is why people be like, wow, your kids are amazing, right? They, they're just different. They're not the same. We're, they're, we're, we're, they're not the same. They're just created, raised differently, you know? So yeah. So that's that update regarded to friendships and my ex and um you know those are two individual people that i cut boundaries you know i cut ties with so to speak i didn't generally cut ties with a hundred percent with the friend and you know, i throw a text every once in a while but it's exactly what it is it's just what it is it's those mere texts every once in a while because there's no point on being on the phone and having conversation when there's nothing to talk about. Um, this I don't want any conversation to head to a sexual or lustful conversation because I lost that intellectual connection with you. So the body's gone. So there's no, there's nothing. Um, and so I'm if I'm celibate and I'm for someone that I'm saving myself for, I can't give any part of myself to any individual that gives me less than even half of who they are. Um, so I cannot give not even a part of me, because um, that is sacred for who deserves it. Um, and I'm proud of the fact that I walked away from a rebound relationship that should have never occurred. And I guess, I guess everyone does have it. I guess everyone goes through that phase. Um, I'm kind of glad that I got that out of my system because I'm that guy traumatized me. Guys, he was so bad and immature and. I complimented him more than he complimented me. Obviously, yes, he called me beautiful and all that stuff, but it's just, it was just weird. It was just different. He was more into himself than he was into everybody else. It was crazy. Um, you know, separate myself from family members that I found myself being asked a lot, you know, where are you? What's going on? And I found myself giving the same explanation. Hey, I'm, I've been sick. You know, guys know I have BP too, and it's nothing personal. Don't take it personal. Don't think I'm hiding from you. And, and it gives them the opportunity to reach out a little bit more to me without, um, you know, maybe not all the time, but reaching out without the question of what's going on. Are you okay? I haven't heard. And it's like, wait, wait a second. You know, you guys should know that if I go away a little bit, it's not personal. Don't think it's personal. It's because I'm probably rejuvenating myself. I'm in a mental break. I'm in rejuvenation. I am in my prayer. I'm in meditation. I am making sure that my bipolar disorder doesn't have me. I have it. And unfortunately for people with mental health like mine, like mine specifically, we tend to need breaks from society. Um, and we need quiet and peacefulness. And then I get excited again and like and loud and just like, you know, <laughs> it's that amazing uh, 
contagious environment of happiness and like, okay, it's time for a break, guys. Like, I'm able to do that. I'm able to say it's too much. I'm, I'm good. I'll be back in a few days without feeling guilty. And I wish more people can do that because your happiness is more important than those you're trying to please. You can't please other people if you're not happy. And people who really love you understand and don't make you feel like you're being punished. And so when I know, as especially as an empath, when I know that someone's probably trying to punish me or post things and trying to um, be negative or get my attention or not communicate with me because they think I'm ignoring them, I'm okay with those things. I see you and I will treat you at the level you're treating me. Um, and I wish it can be different, but when I love people, you know, there was, I noticed that I was, I will, I'm always at your house. I'm always going to visit you. I'm always texting you. But I realized, so if I stop doing that, it's a one way street. Um, and maybe I need you to come and visit me, you know, and it's not for those people who, have a crush on me and are like, oh, well, I try, you know, but you don't know. I don't need you here. I don't need a guy that's supposedly a friend that wants to get with me, that's trying to have sex with me. No, I don't need you. I don't need you. That's not, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about real friends. They actually want to come and be here and be supportive of me when I'm down or when I'm depressed or when I'm sad or say, hey, let's go to the gym, you know, and actually be there the way I've been for people. Um, so I've actually been in such a great place because God's like, girl, I've been that for you. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You have. And then really feeling and believing that something has turned around. Like, I don't need those friends to come and sit with me anymore and make me feel accepted or go to the gym with me. I would like it. It's cool if, it's, if it happens and, you know, you really be building a friendship and a loyalty with someone who's going to be there forever for you. Um, and those who are my friends or been in my life understand that that is a beautiful experience with me. But I'm also okay with rather be by myself with my kids and actually f gain people of substance when God places them versus me saying, this is, good for me. It's like, God, is, is this a good friendship for me? Is this a good influence in my life? Is this an influence that I want my kids to be around to see me be? Are they going to take me down the wrong path? Are they going to bring the Bronx, the negative Bronx out of me? Are they going to really bring out the topsy BX in me, the entrepreneur, the mom, Mary Lou, the businesswoman, the Arthur, the writer, are they gonna make me make me feel inspired by our conversations and our visits? Or am I there to constantly therapy, like be a therapist to you? And what happens is you gotta understand that when people don't see, when people see you as a therapist, they don't see you as a person that needs to be heard as well. They just wanna come to you to they could feel better and forget that you are human and they can make you also feel better when you're not feeling good. Give and take, guys, give and take 100, 100. Right, so they tend to suck the life out of you. So I guess I'm just grateful to God that in my rebound, um, 
I kind of jumped right into this bounding, right? And I'm, and I'm, I'm now in a better place. I'm, 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 I'm reaching things that I've always wanted to do. Guys, I have a career that I cannot, oh my God, I'm walking into a brand new career that's going to make my business amazing. That's going to allow me to walk into my other business that's going to, sorry about that, that was my phone, I think. That's going to, wow, just give my kids completely different opportunities. They leave me speechless. They leave me feeling like, yes, yes, this is great. This is, this is, this is everything I wanted and more, you know, um, I'm just blessed. Sorry about that, guys. That was my 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 kids' phone. Uh, my my text for my kids. Um, it's just I'm just glad. I'm glad that God hasn't given up on me. You know, I had one of. I have I had a friend that I had to cut out my life. Um, and I remember, you know, we come from a huge group of friends and I remember one of the individuals from that circle sending me a message, you know, and let's just say that in the message, I was like, you know, I thought we were family. I thought that no matter what it was, we were family. And that person actually stated, well, no, we became friends because of this individual. Like we're not. We would not have been friends if it wasn't for that individual. And my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, duh. I mean, I know we all met because of these two individuals, actually. Um, but you don't throw around sisters and brothers and nieces and nephews so loosely. And then just in a drop of a dime, there's stipulations all of a sudden. And it's like, no, this is this is really the only reason, which means that if you have the nerves and the audacity to say that to me and throw that away like that, a family like that, and only being so one-sided that you only see that other individual's hurt because they were cut off, you never realize this, my version. They were bullies. They were rude. They cut me off as friends. Made me feel like I had to be ashamed of who I was. Embarrassed me the last time they saw me. When I had to keep it together, act like a young lady. And I made the decision in that moment that I was no longer going to be mistreated by these people that I loved so much. I couldn't even start a conversation without being cut off. I couldn't start a conversation with anybody in the circle without being cut off by this one individual. And the other individual that I cut off saying, I know, I saw that. I know, I know, you know how people are. You know, they don't mean it like that. It's like, so you see, you see this happening. You see the bullying happening. And you know that if I say something, because I cut with my words and I'm, I could be very brutal. That's my reputation. If I open my mouth, if I say something, I'm in the wrong because now I hurt their feelings. So if I move away from them and separate the friendship and say, this is not good for my mental health to feel less than a human being. I mean, I can't even, I couldn't even, if I made a joke about anything, 
if, if just the thought about me talking about having like my that I had a gun, which is legal, that made me feel like I was this dangerous human being. And you have to understand that I it, I am not really around my friends and my close my at that time my close friends and family, you know. And when I and with everyone else, I am known as this loving human being, you know, and even they call me to seek advice and they would talk to me about certain things to seek my opinions and my advice. So clearly they knew that I had this heart. So I was real confused when these in the, this individual would always be like, oh God, you always scare me. Or you're so, oh my God, you're so aggressive. That's so violent. Like, what are you talking about? We're joking. We're, we're joking. So making me feel very insecure in my own skin. You know, they also one time looked at me and when I was so proud that I finally had walked away from an individual of seven years of abuse, extreme abuse and psychological abuse. They looked at me when I finally had the balls to just speak up. I was so proud of myself. And they laughed at me and looked at me and said, I mean, you want us to take you seriously? Like you took this dude back like seven times. And I wanted to just drop tears and choke her and like punch on her face. I was so upset. And I wanted to say, are you kidding me? Like you are the reason that he abused me for seven years. Like you hooked us up. You knew that he had this violent past. You knew he hurt other people. You kept these information, this vital information for me. And then you got the nurse to laugh at me and look at me and tell me that I taken him back over seven times. Question mark. Do you guys know that statistically it takes a victim seven, about seven times to leave her attacker before she, her abuser, before she acts or he to leave his attack, his abuser before they actually leave their abuser. And don't even talk about their abuse. This person almost killed me in this, this soul calls family members, you know, best friend that looked at me and said that to me, not even knowing what I was dealing with or going through in my head, in my space. I had no idea what I was dealing with behind closed doors. Instead, she laughed at me and ridiculed me and changed the conversation like she always did. I went out on other visits to her home and I was embarrassed. I wanted, I mean, she was in front of her sister and, you know, her husband. I was just embarrassed. The way she treated me, I almost left the next day before they even woke up. I was almost, my car was already packed. They missed, I mean, they got me in the last five minutes. I'm about five more minutes they were sleeping, they would have missed me. I would have been gone. I was done. I mean, I, I've I've accepted their apology over and over and over and over again. They never apologized for picking me up with a freaking potential murderer, someone that was gonna kill me, someone that's done things to other people, someone that's actually proven record of hurting other people. They never made me feel that they believed anything I say. They never looked at me and acknowledged that I was abused. They never looked not any of them because they want to protect the friendships. He has loyalty in this. A male friend in this clique never looked at me and said, I've known he's hurt you. 
anything, they try to hook me back up. I've been more than a friend to these people. And so when I decided that it was no longer okay to be mistreated by friends and treated any way people, I needed to take control of the way people treated me. And when you set boundaries, guys, you guys know in my in another episode of mine that I have set boundaries. Um, setting boundaries is very, very painful. It's not easy. It's lonely. There is a process. So you, if you, you're going to feel so much pain. You're going to give up a thousand times before you're so sick and tired of. Before you, you're going to feel. If you're like anything, I mean, you're going to feel like if we see each other again. There's going to be a huge physical brawl between all of us because I'm not, no, I will not take any disrespect from any one of these females. I'm done like ever again. So I decided that when you're, when you, when someone's making you feel like you're about, you're being pushed to the edge, you're, they're no longer healthy enough for you. They're now toxic. I had to accept that my friends were becoming toxic for me. I had to accept that the male friend before that, that I trusted, wasn't wanting me with ulterior motives, wasn't really being a friend, was just wanted to see what he got out of this situation. So I decided I'm removing myself and I'm going to start building healthy relationships with healthy people. It's going to be a give and take. And if it's any less than that, I'm not for it. And guys, I'll be honest with you. Ever since I made the decision and been active on it, oh God, <laughs> Well, God has blessed me in ways I cannot put in words. And I'd rather be doing it in this way where I can actually see me climbing step by step up the ladder yet again. And seeing, like, I feel like God is like, I'm going to make sure that you remember what you just went through. I'm going to make sure that you feel this journey you're walking through. Every second of it. I still feel my disorder when it tries to come out, but. It doesn't win. I'm actually in a full-blown remission and I'm winning. I feel, I mean, I'm actually talking to people outside. I'm having conversations with people outside. I'm grabbing business cards. I'm speaking, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm getting back to my old self. And it was almost instant from the moment that I cut these last few people out of my life because they were the ones I loved the most. They were the ones who hurt me the most. They were the ones who ignored me the most. Who, when I would try to reach out for and ask for help, they ignored me the most. They are the ones that, when I talked about my suicide ideations, they literally were like, "Oh no, I don't want. I know I don't want to talk about them." Oh my god, that scares me. It becomes about them, and you realize you can't open up these wounds with them because they won't know how to close them. You end up consoling them. They end up falling into this imaginary process that it seems crazy because it's not happening. And they're the ones who look nuts because they're like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine. Why are you placing yourself in such a painful place that I'm not at? I just need someone to listen to me because, you see, talking is freedom. And in order for you to liberate yourself from the secrets of your past, you have to be able to speak up. You have to be able to create a circle of liberation. If 
if you have people who are not comfortable with being uncomfortable and you are that type of person, it is not going to work out. It's that simple. If you're not comfortable being uncomfortable, I am not the type of friend you want. Don't befriend me. Don't talk to me. If you are not comfortable with accountability and responsibility, don't talk to me. We're not compatible friends. If you're not comfortable with getting uncomfortable about life and the real and the reality of things, I am not the friend for you. If you're not comfortable with growth and speaking about what got you where you at and then finally being able to leave it there and moving on and understanding when you have a public persona that you got to bring those things up because people are going to want to know more about it. You got to be comfortable in the skin that you're in talking about your secrets. When you like me and you lived in a, a, a childhood full of secrets, you cannot be afraid of opening up. You can't. You can't be afraid of change. You can't be a great, afraid of growth. Staying still, it's going to hinder you. Staying still is going to break you. Staying still is going to kill you. I'm adjusting my mic. Hold on. Staying still is not going to make you feel what it is you need to feel. Staying stagnant is going to live, leave you more depressed than the process of getting out of what was killing you to begin with. You see, depression is imminent. I mean, it's going to happen. Because you're depressed in the bad and you're depressed to get to the good. Come holler at me if you feel what I'm talking about. You're going to get depressed while trying to find your happiness. Because you're going to leave so much bullshit behind you that is going to make you grieve in your own process. People are dying for you. Relationships are dying for you. Jobs are ending. Careers are ending. Children are leaving you. You, you. You're literally starting a new chapter in your life. My journey to 40 ain't no joke, guys. This is chapter three of my story. You feel me? People talk about they write all these books. And the reality is I don't want to be the type of author that writes a book in a few weeks. I shouldn't be hot... Give me a second here. Oh, I'm going in, boy. Oh, girl. Oh, my God. I have a better mic than this. I shouldn't be having to explain to people why I don't have a time. But then again, my book is not being touched. You got people just spitting out books like they spit out babies, right? These ain't no novels. Now, some of them are probably great. Be careful that I don't offend people. It's not really what I'm trying to do. What I'm saying is that what I'm trying to write is a masterpiece, right? I'm talking about my life. People that I love, people that look up to me are going to be hearing my story. You feel me? They're going to be hearing my story. I'm like trying to adjust this mic, guys. Hold on. Because I feel like murder. There we go. Uh, whatever. Okay. Whatever. I don't know what's going on, but anyway. 
All right, let's see here. Uh, Sorry, guys. A little technical difficulties right now. But I feel myself going in and out, and I don't like that. I mean, obviously, I have my laptop audio here, but maybe it's this. I don't know. Anyway. Like, be comfortable with being uncomfortable, man. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Flat out. It's just that simple, man. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because through uncomfortability comes growth. You can't grow if you're not learning from something, learning from your past. You can't run a business if you haven't failed. I mean, your your shit either took off and it's perfect, which is seldom and it's rare. And and I just don't know a company. You guys probably know plenty of companies that has hit and and, and hit big and, and just right off the top, you know? So failure... Is your it, it, failure is the best feedback because you're gonna learn through that you're gonna become better. You know what I mean. So we just can't be friends if you're not willing to fail. You know, and I'm no longer feeling guilty. I was I remember guys I used to cry. I used to cry and I feel so alone and be like oh my god but. The process to becoming, to finding you happy is having to go through that process. And the person's a part of the process. Whether it's for the negative or the, or the better, even when you're going through that better process, depression's a part of that process. And I'm saying it because I don't want people out here thinking that depression is not part of the get better process, right? The get better movement. It's because it, it is, it, it really is a part of the movement. It's a part of that process. For me, my get better movement, it's it's a part of the process. Depression is a part of that process. Right? Because the, the isolation is negative at first. And if you're strong and you're able to pull through that and your strength comes out winning, the depression, you start seeing the light at the end of that tunnel and you start realizing, oh my God, I got to go through this. I got to be alone. I got to be able alone. To, whenever I'm alone, the blessings come to me. Whenever I'm alone and I have a clear mindset to think I am successful at what I touch, at what I do. In other words, I cannot bring people who are not a part of the process into the process. I can't forced my process onto people you have to be in you have to blend in naturally if that makes any sense you know this it's definitely the first time in my entire 39 years of life that i lived alone um at first it was daunting it was exhausting you know bumping heads on my sister wanting my sister to 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 want a relationship with me oh you know she don't visit me she like literally lived with me all these years and now she's not, she left and now i haven't seen her she doesn't come she doesn't call she just the depression of trying to wonder why and i remember having a conversation with my brother and he he enlightened so much and he was just like if they want to they want to, they don't they don't so why do you want to be with yourself? What do you want to do? And I was frustrated because he didn't understand bipolar. However, I heard his message and the Mary Lou in me was able to hear the message and pick a part of that message what I was able to control and handle and execute. Right? And forgive myself for the things that I can't when BP kicks in. And forgive Erica, BP, when my phase is over. Knowing that 
I am a child of God and he blessed me. He chose me to go through these battles because I have something to give to someone and provide to someone. I have a life to save out there. Like my voice has to be heard. My story needs to be told. It's not done. Guys, I'll be back. Love you guys. Commercial break. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. All right, guys. So this is the last uh segment episode of my show. I love you guys. And I'm blessed for the platform. I really am very, 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 very blessed for the platform. It took a long time to feel very free to talk about, you know, my childhood and being homeless, coming from incest and just the story that I got to talk about and, you know, the, the, the challenges that I faced through my life as a teenager, as a child, to be able to help so many children and teenagers kind of um, feel that there's so much more out there that they're not... They're not their past. They're not their abuse. They're not, you know, they're not any of that. They're, they're, they're not, they're not, they're, you know, they're more than that. They're who they are individually. You know, you are that artist, you are the hip hop artist, you are that singer, you are that um, painter, you are the engineer, you are the architect, you know, you are um, the owner, you are the star of your own show, your past it definitely does not depict who you are in your current and in your future. Your current doesn't depict who you're going to be in your future. And your current doesn't really talk, doesn't, shouldn't say who you are, who your, what your past was and it's negative. It should talk about your past and it's positive. People should be able to look at you and completely feel inspired by the fact that you have such a crazy story and that you're, you're living in this light, right? For me, it's really important that people see the transparency in the struggle though, um, because the last thing you want to promote is that life is so, it's just, uh, you don't have any issues as a BP person. And so how am I really connecting with people that are really, that have this disease and like generally, honestly, like need to relate to someone if they can't see someone who's having good days and bad days, right? Um, and I'm sure that many of us, wonder about relationships and oh my god can so there's there's different types of bipolars that are much more aggressive than mine and you know are much more you know and and I understand I understand the fear um but again I'm such a believer in therapy and psychiatry and really having someone to talk to <clears throat> besides your friends and your family someone that you know they get paid to listen to you someone that I mean, it's about you, you know, and if you have someone that you don't have to pay to do that for a short time and you also give as well as yourself to that individual. So, cause you don't want to drain anybody of their energy, right? You want to be able to give and take wherever you touch your soul, your spirit at, right? You know, practice with strangers, guys. That's what I do. You know, I practice with strangers. Like I, I could, I could, if you, if you mess up with me in that restaurant, if you give me attitude, I could give you, I could feed you what you're feeding me. 
Or I can try to decide, I'm going to de-escalate the situation. I'm going to handle the situation a little bit different than they are. I'm going to make sure that you stand out for the asshole that you are and for the queen that I am, right? Because I need to make me feel better. You know, I need to prove to myself that I got it. I'm constantly proving, trying to prove to myself that I got it. I don't need people. I don't need it to be proven to other people. I'm harder on myself than anybody else. You know, so I can de-escalate a situation and treat you like a human being. Um, in the same way that I can rip your head off. But I, I like to choose. I feel good in the other way. I feel good. Like, I don't like to place myself in any situation where I feel like I have to be in the defense or I have, or I might, I have to take my, my prescription because I might get a panic attack. Like if I feel like this place, I mean, I got to take my prescription all the time. <laughs> like I'm going to go into a meeting. I'm you know, going to sell a house, sell a car, uh, go on a podcast because I get, so I get excited. So getting excited, oh, guys, I have Tourette's disorder. So getting excited makes me anxious as well. So it's a negative anxiety I talk about, right? So if I ever, if I got to think about, oh my God, I got to make sure, cause you know, I'm going to get, I know something bad's going to happen. Like I don't want to be a part of it. I'm not going to be a part. See, I have control of that. And so I'm going to take full advantage of that. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm going to take full advantage of that for sure. Um, because I deserve that. I deserve peace in my life and I deserve to be around people that are happy and that I feed off that happy energy. That I remember why I want to live to another day. That I remember why I want to teach this little girl that is in a income-based projects that is seeing mom or dad doing things that they know it's not right. And they're just so like, they can't wait till they can break the cycle. I want to give that little girl and boy that hope that they can be the president, they can own the business, they can be on the radio, they can be the singer, they can be the rapper, that their story can actually save a life for someone. I just, my life will have more meaning if I can create a million copy car, carbon copies of my children. I know that I did something right when I can sit back and look at my children and be like, okay, wow, I, I don't see how this path could go differently in a negative way. Um, I'm pinching myself because it's, oh my God, it's crazy sometimes. It's a, it's a blessing. A woman like myself, um, kids were supposed to be dropouts, um, selling drugs, multiple sex partners, fighting with me. I mean, not anything that I was blessed with. Where I come from, women like myself, a woman like me is not able to. And I was able to raise three exceptional queens and king. That for me is the biggest triumph, the biggest achievement I think I've ever, 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 ever have achieved. And I'm still raising them. Um, you don't stop raising a child at 18. You still raise them. You have a whole other chapter of their life to go through. And I'm in that chapter. You know, when your kids understand what stock and investments are, when your kids pay their bills on time, when your kids uh, are, are establishing credit in a good way, when they understand math and statistics and 
um, business, the basics of business, when they understand, you know, how to pay bills and what do these things mean and the power of credit and, you know, not being afraid of um, exposing their creativity, not being afraid of therapy and open up and talking about their mom and therapy if they have to, if it frees them and not trying to, not being afraid of working on themselves in therapy if it, if it makes us better. It makes them better with society. Like if it makes them better as a person, like when I tell you, I did everything different than my mom did with me. And one of the definite biggest accomplishments. I remember not knowing that I, if I was going to be a great mom, you know, you, when you get so many beat downs, you know, you get beaten up all your life, you know, you, 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 you blood is taken out of your eyes, your nose, and you got bruises in your body and you're mentally broken, um, like raw, like you're raw, but you still have skin. You're mentally um, lost. There's no way out of the abuse that you're in. And then you can come out of that still smiling, still making a difference in people, still feeling like you got something to give to this world. Feeling that you're not stupid. You're not dumb. You're not just a piece of me. You're not your bipolar hypersexual. You're not any of the things that society says that you are. You have those things. However, you've been able to be very different from what you're even typical therapist expects someone like me to be. I've come such a long way since I was seven years old, seven, eight, and that lady told me that this man named God loved me and that I was going to be something amazing and special and I was going to be of money and I was going to make a difference. And that lady had no idea that I didn't feel any type of love or acceptance. I barely talked at seven. And I don't think she realized that from that moment on for the next, let me see, hold on. 33, 34 years of my life, I was in love with this man named God because he loved me more than anyone ever loved me. And as I started to learn and know more about God, I didn't agree with everything that people would say. So I had to start kind of looking towards the book and learn a lot of this man named God that for me made me feel like a sense of, I don't know, peace and love because he represented this I don't know, this calming, soothing feeling in me when I thought about this man who I thought was like my father and my father was named God. I was like, I like this guy. God loves me. Remember God in my squeaky chair? <laughs> God loves me. So God wants me to be kind and be lovable and be this. And those very 
principles kind of shaped my life because I wanted to be continue to be loved by God and this man that's supposed to protect me. Um, and so I held on to that because I didn't, I didn't even at seven, I wasn't really living in a safe environment. Um, so you fast forward that to today and to know me is to know that I love God. I'm not really their typical, I'm more like a DMX kind of ish kind of human being. I am a New Yorker at heart. I talk about God all the time. I listen to my gospel and then I throw Tupac a DMX on in 2.2 seconds. I love people of all um, color or cultures. I love my um, uh, my LGBTQ community. I love everyone who's different because for me, when God says to love everyone as children love him and that he loves everyone and he is love, then for me, no matter what people's they think he is trying to interpretate, it's very clear what he does state. There has no need for interpretation. It's that he wants us to not judge anyone and to love everyone unconditionally. Love thy neighbor, and that's just what it is. And that doesn't mean unless they're gay, unless they're white, unless they're black, unless they're Hispanic, unless. It means just love everyone. Just love everyone. Love everyone and just learn to accept everyone's differences. And I know that's just not going to happen. So it is what it is. Right? I'm glad that I am able to come back and tell you guys, guys, I took these two months off and it felt so great. I felt good. Yes, I had the job at iRide. Um, and yes, I went through that assault. And yes, as a woman, I was profiled. I was discriminated against. I was harassed, sexually harassed. And the company didn't back me up at all. You know, even with the little complaints, they, they tell you, go to them and they'll take care of it. They didn't even listen to their own policies. And then to walk out of that and then be able to still have my mental health intact and then walk into the blessings, not one, not two blessings, my Lord, but three. He aligned things the way they needed to be aligned in his time. My blessings wasn't for me and my ex or wasn't for me and my ex of seven years. It wasn't. To be honest with you guys, when I talk about my ex, I it's not really about my set, my rebound. When I talk about my ex, because that rebound just didn't count. That's six, six months on and off of, that doesn't count, guys. I know a person like himself that's very insecure, bounces from relationship to relationship because he needs attention and security to feel loved and to feel like a man. That's not me, okay? he He's barely even worth being mentioned, okay? So whenever I talk about my relationship, I really mean my seven year, the person I love, the person that was a stepfather to my kids, you know, the person that tried to kill me, you know, the, the the narcissist abuse that I was going through, that is what I talk about. And um, to be able to come out of all this intact, guys, 
I don't regret anything. I made it through my ex. I made it through a job that didn't that literally failed me that I was with for seven years. Failed me. They violated FMLA on every level. And I'm blessed to even have the proof for that because I screenshot everything and make a foul. And still say, I don't need to sue anybody. Watch. Watch the testimony and watch how God works. I know that I'm going to find my husband, not in the next few years. And I know that. I'm not bitter. I'm not sad. I'm actually really, really happy. And I actually feel very, very fat, feel very bad for people who are not able to see any type of love for their selves, for themselves, that they are not willing to go through, through to cr- hit rock bottom by themselves in order to be able to climb back up that ladder. It's sad that you have to fill the void with someone else every single time, guys. I really feel sad for that. But I got faith that many of you will be able to bounce out of that because I did. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. I can learn to love myself after the childhood that I had and the teenage life, the adult life that I had. Anybody can. If my kids could become who they were after having a mom that they had in the beginning like me and to see the transformation and grow with me and transform with me, any family can be beyond successful. Um, I, I know that I should write a workshop book. I know. And all those people that's given up on me. But I'm going to learn the things in my own time. It's going to take years to master certain things. And that's okay. You know, I might not get an offer from a radio station in the next year, in the next two. But one day I will. One day someone's going to see the potential in me so much. They're going to be like, I need this girl on our station. I need. We got to offer her a show every Friday night, every Sunday, whatever. We have to give this girl a platform. She just needs the extra oomph, oomph. Because she's going to really be, she's going to be, we're going to make money off of her. She's going to make money. We're going to make money. She has a message that's going to make millions of dollars. And when I get to the level where God expects me to be, guys, oh my God, Topsy's Youth Center is going to become a reality. And I'm going to bring Powell back into my cities by the way of Topsy's Youth Centers. I'm going to be those things that we had as a kid and more. I'm going to build not-for-profit organizations in every hood that I can possibly put them in and make sure that I try to give this next generation every possible freaking chance to becoming somebody. It's a system that we have to build. And that system cannot be completed without teaching and educating our kids about numbers, about life, credit, finances, self-awareness, mental health, how to um, keep a business, how to basic budget. We got to feed our kids our tools. It's, we're not... We're not just basketball players. We're not just baseball players, guys. We're not just hip hop artists. You know, we are accountants and we are business owners and we are hair designers and we are 
you know, owner of, you know, huge corporate companies. We are stock investors. We are, we are America. We are America, guys. Don't give up on yourself. It starts with you. If you give up on yourself today, somebody that's born tomorrow is gonna miss up, is gonna miss out on your message. And you risk one person not listening to what it is you have to tell them in order to direct them in the right direction in life. You telling me that the rapes in your life were just that, just rapes for no reason, so you'd be depressed? Or was there something to gain to learn out of that? Besides CPTSD. <laughs> guys laugh at yourself it's okay you're not gonna die because you laughed at yourself you really not it's actually really funny you gotta gain something this is i'm let i'm definitely a stand-up comedian but nobody knows that whatever make it not had happen in vain capitalize in, in a positive in order to gain other people in order for them to know better, learn better, do better, whatever it may be for that individual, do it for yourself and for others. You have a responsibility. And remember, suicide is a symptom. It really is, guys. Learn the red flags. Learn the Learn when someone's really um, uh, in a in an episode versus um, they're like in an active episode, like just talking about it, just saying it, and someone to talk to. Or I need to get up and physically be there in this presence with these people because they're giving shit away. You know, they're just giving shit away. Like they're planning a time. They have a plan. Know the flags, know the red flags, know the different things and what they mean and learn within your cities and your communities, you know, how you can get help. Getting therapy does not mean they're going to take your kids away. You don't take your kids away. Nobody wants your kids. <laughs> Guys, nobody wants our kids. They want to, our kids to stay with us. Okay, they want our kids to stay in the home. They don't want displaced kids. They want to give you the tools to be able to take care of your kids. But you, if, if you're so sick that you can't trust yourself, then maybe it is okay to say, it's time to go to the hospital today. I have to admit myself. I have to pick up the phone. And I know it sucks when your friends and your family just let you become a hermit and don't reach out to you. But you too have to take accountability and, and, and stand up to the bully that sometimes your own mental can be to you and say, you've been, you haven't spoken to your brother or sister in a month, send them a text at least, throw that initiation in there. And sometimes I forget and my kids have to remind me, hey, don't forget to keep the lines of communication open with your siblings. You know, 
they love you, you know. Sounds like a scary movie. <laughs> squeaky chair saying in my YouTube video today that it has pizzazz and personality, you know, in my squeaky chair. I play no WD-40 in my chair. Gives my show personality, you know what I mean? <sighs> Guys, this was fun today. I really enjoyed talking about my growth in the last few months and teeing it up with you guys and just talking about a lot of different things you know me all over the place like i usually am you know i just want to i want to give a shout out to i think it's called two n like nancy two so two and two investigations llc um it's an investigating company that works uh from out of georgia to florida um really cool company um, I think it's awesome what they do. They do, uh, I think it's trace recording, private investigations, litigations. Um, they do a whole bunch of things. Go to the website, guys. So it's 2 and 2 Investigation uh, LLC. It's pretty cool. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting these two individuals, young men at a store that my son was buying me lunch from. Um, and just chopped it up a little bit. And hopefully in the future, I kind of get to know them more as individuals and kind of find out what kind of got them to do investigations. I actually asked one of the, actually asked the owner, Tony, that the, uh, in a brief text the other day. Um, you guys know I love to know people and know their story. Sometimes I offend people by asking them. I hope that wasn't what I did. Um, but that's just me. I like to, as a kid, I thought I was Carmen San Diego and solving problems all over the place. So you know, I thought it was Oprah and, you know, J J the Jenny show and, you know, Maury Povich. I just, Montel Williams. I was just every talk show host, Ricky Lake. I was every talk show host possible. Um, so it's just me. It's just who I was since I was a kid. Um, it's just interesting to know what got them into investigations, you know? Usually it's a personal thing, right? I open up my podcast because I'm sick of secrets and I'm going to talk about my past. And it was the, the 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 opening gates to writing that autobiography, right? Um, so everybody has a reason for everything. So for me, it's like, is it personal? Or was it just like, you know, this is the most profitable at this time to open this company, statistics showing, whatever. So let's do this. Let's learn everything about this business. Or was it really from a personal level? Was it a generational thing? I'm just interested in finding out. So hopefully one day soon, I, you know, um, get some nice money together because I invited to them to brunch so we could get to know each other, hopefully on a network friendly level. Um, and it, I wanted to pay for it because I invited, I did the invite um, to, again, to kind of get to know them, even maybe do an interview one day on my podcast so they could talk about their business and how that came about. So Shout outs to them for sure. Shout out to my cousin, Jessica Rabbit and her podcast. I'm just so proud of her. You know, I really am proud of her and she's doing big things. She really is. And what can I tell you? Coming from the Bronx, coming from our little place, I just want to see her continuing to succeed and continuing to not give up and, you know, talking about the story and, and bringing light into our, into our cities, you know, um, yeah so i'm excited about that and i love you and 
I'll be shutting out. This is my last few minutes, guys. I start my brand new career path February the 14th on Love Day. And, you know, God knows I love Valentine's Day. I have such a good time with my kids. I'm definitely not that person bitter on Valentine's Day because I have loved ones with me and around me. So we go on dates and, you know, we gift each other stuff and it's just really fun. And I'm just super excited about that day with my kids. Um, we're going to probably have a delay because my daughter will be working on Valentine's Day. Um, and I work as well the next day. So now that I think about it, it's probably going to have to be that Friday and Saturday. We celebrate our Valentine's Day. So I'm going to make a big hoopla of reservations and everything. Um, and so, yeah. So it's on me. Again, I did the invite. So it's on me. I invite, I pay. You know, it's important that, you know, we tell everybody that we love, we love them. And except when you set boundaries that people might die tomorrow and you can't live with that regret in your heart. You know, you set boundaries for a reason. You got to pray over the people that you love. Then God, God keeps them safe and that you reunite before the time comes. And it doesn't come. Just know that you always wished them well and always prayed over them. And you. there's no hate. You just finally learn to love yourself enough to finally choose you. And I finally chose me, guys, and it feels so great. My future is brighter than it's ever been. I have no regrets. I want to thank everyone who's come into my life and walked out of my life or who stayed in my life or everyone who's walked in and I've and I just had to make you know separations with by choice because each one of you are part of the journey, are part of the reason that I got I get better and got better every single day. So thank you for who it was that you were at the time that I walked away from you guys at that part of our lives. Because I am who I am because you guys assisted in that process. But God, if it wasn't for you and my children, I wouldn't be who I am today. And this is just the beginning. So hold on to your seats, guys. I love you all, bombers. I love you. God bless. Bye. <laughs>